The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. You know, we had Pastor Phil Camden with us last year, and uh, many of you would know one of our great pastors in our movement who was diagnosed with motor neuron disease about two years ago. He's still going strong. I found this morning he's preaching somewhere up in Brisbane, and so he's still serving the Lord. But when Phil came and spoke to Imaginations Church there in Penrith, honestly, I was on the edge of my seat listening to a man who had been literally given a death sentence, you know? And uh, what, everything he had to say was, was, touched me. It was meaningful to me. And he read from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and he said, you know, when he found out he had motor neuron disease... Everything he had ever found for significance in his life, his ministry, he'd built a great church there in Newcastle. He'd planted many churches. Um, the building they'd bought, all of that now in one day from one doctor's diagnosis meant nothing. It's like, it's like and he said, I need to find a new sense of, of significance for my life because my ministry doesn't count now because I'm given a, this death sentence. And so he was... A reading from Galatians 2.20, where the, the Apostle Paul said, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, oh, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who, and this is where Phil focused, who loved me and gave himself for me. Phil said all of a sudden he had to have this new sense of his worth and his value. And it wasn't through his work because his work was over. But this new sense of value and worth he found in those two thoughts at the end of Galatians 2.20, Christ loves me and has given his life for me. And in that, Phil said he's found a new sense of value and worth. When he left that Monday, that Tuesday, I went up to the office And I've known Galatians 2.20 since I was a little boy. And I went to uh, Bible.org, and I read that verse in all 49 English translations. I just read it 49 times in 49 English translations because my limit of language is English, but I read it. And every time I read it, no matter what translation I was reading it from, it was alive and it was insightful. And my eyes begin to focus on these words in that verse. For Phil, it was the last words. He loved me. He gave himself for me. But I begin to focus on these words. And the life I now live in the flesh. I mean, we're talking right now. It's not talking about the life I have lived. You know, there's some regrets and there's some ups and downs and there's some things I'd be embarrassed to talk about. And there's, there's, um, he doesn't say anything about the life I have lived. He says the life I now live in the, you know, we have a life that we've lived and the Bible teaches us that there is a life coming. It says there uh, in the, in the uh, epistles of, of John, he said, Brothers, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him. Is. But there's a life I will live. But that's not right now. He's talking about, and the life I now live in the flesh. And I just, I could not take my eyes off of that part of the verse. And you know I notice it also doesn't say the life I have. 
He doesn't even say, and the life I now have. No, he says, the life I now live. How many know you can have a life of whatever, but you can live a life that has a whole lot to do with choice? You know, in, in uh, 1982, in Melbourne, on December the 4th, a pretty famous Australian was born. His name is Nick Bajacek. Maybe you've seen Nick's picture or on YouTube. I think we may have a photo of him uh, possibly coming up on the screen. Nick uh, um, uh, was born with a disease called Tetra Amelia. And when he was a, a, a born as an infant, he was born without limbs. He has no arms. He has no legs. That's the life he has. This is the life he has. The life he has is called Tetra Amelia. And it's a syndrome. It's this tragic situation. But it's not the life he lives. Because you see, Nick, he, he's got two degrees from Griffith University. He's got a degree in finance. He's got a, a degree in financial planning. He has filled stadiums as an, a Christian evangelist. He has spoken in over 60 nations, five continents. He's married. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a wonderful son, a beautiful child. This guy surfs, swims. I think he does MMA. I mean, the guy is just like, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, Nick. This is the life you have. Yeah, but this is the life I now live. And I want you to know, family, I may not have a lot to say about the life I have. Some of it's out of my control. But I have everything to say about the life I now live. You know, also on December the 4th, in, uh, 19, uh, in 2000, and uh, oh, was it 2000? In early 2000, a precious man in our church, it was on the same date, December the 4th, precious man in our church, been in our church for years, wonderful family. He was up at Lura uh, working for the railroad. And while he was up there, a crazy guy pushed him onto the track. And he was hit by a train. And uh, Alex Varlow. And uh, he, um, I remember being up at the hospital almost all night as they had surgery after surgery trying to stop the internal bleeding. They had to take his leg. The doctors kept coming out. And, and, and they, uh, this, this brother has had 43 surgeries, 43 agonizing, painful surgeries. But I remember him saying to me not too long after that man took so much from him, he said, Pastor, he said, I'm, I'm not going to be mad at God. And he said, and I'm not going to be mean to my family. Because there in the hospital, he had seen other amputees and how other people. And he said, and I'm not going to be unkind to hospital staff. And I'm looking at Alex, and, and I'm thinking, Alex, this is the life you now have. But he was looking at me saying, yeah, but pastor, but this is the life I now live. You know, God said in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, to the, verse 9, uh, to the children of Israel. He said, today, he said, I have set before you life and death. Blessing, cursing. He said, I call upon heaven today to witness the choice that you make. The choice. Oh, that you would choose, he says, life so that you and your children, so that you and your family, so that you and your grandchildren would live. There is something about the life I'm living right now 
that doesn't have much to do with the way I was born or where I was born or who pushed me into what, but it has everything to do with the choices that I am making right now. The scripture says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As I was thinking through this life I now live, I I know I want to live pleasing unto the Lord. I know you do too. I'm sure this would be your heart's desire. I want to live a life that pleases the Lord. And as I begin to think through this life that I now live, I begin to consider what's the foundation of the life that I now live that would truly glorify God. And as I was meditating and thinking about this life I now live in the flesh, I I begin to see the four pillars, as it were, Kind of like the four elements, uh, you know, water and air and, and earth. And, 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 and I begin to consider the life that I now live. What, what would glorify God? What would be pleasing to the Lord with my life right now? And I felt God showed me the four strong foundations that I want to live my life on. The four choices that I can make every single day for the life that I now live. And the first is the life of gratitude. A life of gratitude. A life of being grateful and thankful. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, giving thanks always. I mean, we're talking a lifestyle here. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about being grateful. I'm talking about a life where thank you comes out of my mouth 10, 20, 30 times a day because I'm just grateful. Not, don't have to even be talking about the life I now, you know, the circumstance that I'm living with. But Lord, I am grateful. And I can, if you can't think right now of reason after reason after reason to be grateful, you need to wake up. Come on, we live in Australia. My daughter and I were just in Nepal for the, for the earthquake that was there. We, we lived five days in that earthquake. Can I tell you something, Australia? There's not a better place in the world to live than right here. And, you know, you guys over here in the North Shore, you think that we don't have it so good out West? You're wrong. You should come. You, never mind. I don't want to go there. But, but we Westies are doing okay. Let me, let, let, let me tell you that. As we wake up every morning at the Nepean River at the base of the Blue Mountains, thanking God, thanking God that I'm not driving down the Prince's Highway right now. Thank you, Jesus. Although Sunday morning about 8 o'clock is a great time to get on the M2, let me tell you. You know, here's what I know about gratitude. I know that the opposite of gratitude, which is envy, And comparison is the absolute guaranteed key to an unhappy life. I don't care what you have. I don't care where you live. If envy drives your life, if comparison drives your life, you're unhappy. Because those are the guaranteed keys to an unhappy life. You know, and it's funny, isn't it? Because the world we live in, The entire marketing, advertising strategy of the world is focused to make us envious. I don't have that. I don't have that. 
I don't have that. Jeez. Ooh, did you see the new Giga? Did you see the new Chrome? Did you see the new size? Did you see the new? And it's like everything in our whole world that glitters, that's bling and bing, says to us, be unhappy. More. Envy. Well, look at, gee, her husband. He's, look at, look at I'm, you know. You know, the, you know, you know, even th- like Facebook. You know, we go on, we go on Facebook. Oh, look who's on a cruise. <laughs> Posting photos in their tuxedos. I follow. I follow. You know, it's, it's, wow. Hasn't, hasn't she trimmed down? Wow. Look at, you know, I mean, when you think about it, it's like the pressure is on to be unhappy and ungrateful. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, I promise you the key to unhappiness is living an envious life that just compares your life, your work, your church, your home, your family, your clothes, your car, your, your income. Your, you live there, and you could have more than the rest of the world and still be unhappy. The Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 16, where there is envy and strife, There's confusion. Listen to this. And every evil work. You just let envy work itself into your home. And your home is going to be filled with confusion and every evil work. You just let envy work its way into your psyche and into your mindset. Here's what I know about gratitude. Ingratitude is the key to unhappiness. And so gratitude by its very nature, by its very essence is the key to a happy life. It's not what you have. It's being happy with what you have. Gratitude. I'm grateful, Lord. I'm grateful, God. Thank you, God. God, let thank you be a key primary color note for me. Let it be one of the foundations of the life I now live. The life I now live is a grateful life. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the second foundation for the life that we now live is humility. We were singing some amazing songs this morning. I was looking at some of those words. I didn't even know if I could sing some of those words and be honest. You know, I thought, wow, that's some radical stuff y'all are singing here. Humility. Humility. You know, the the Bible says in James uh, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace. To the humble. You know what I don't want to live? I don't want to live my life with the wind of God resisting me. I said with the wind of God resisting me because God resists the proud. He resists a proud dad, a proud mom, proud kids, proud church, proud people. There's just something about that that puts God in resistance to me. And yet he gives grace to the humble. The life I now live, I want to live with the grace of God filling my sails, not the resistance of God in my face. Humility. Humility. Now, you know, it's hard to talk and preach about humility. You know, humility and how I got it. Right, right. You know, humility, like like me in 10 easy steps, you know. I think I heard Brian Houston one time say, when we say humble, most pastors, it's about 10% hum and 90% bull. And so, yeah, I get that. But I'm on this journey, and I really want to understand this. But here's what I do know about humility. 
I know that the opposite of humility, which is pride, is what I have to have in my heart before I can commit any sin against God. I cannot think of one sin that I could commit with my life, but that I first don't have to have pride in my heart. What's wrong with my life? What's wrong with my home? What's wrong with my marriage? What's wrong with my ministry? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 13.10, only by pride comes contention. That's my entire marriage counseling course. I can give you all I know about 40 years of marriage in one verse of Scripture. That's it. If you come to me for marriage counseling, we will open our Bibles to Proverbs 13. We will read verse 10. You can give me a nice offering and then go home. I was joking about the other. The, I, was, I was joking about the going home part. No. <laughs> what does the scripture say? Oh, pastor, it's so complicated. Oh, pastor, so di- no, it's not. You wash her feet. You wash his feet. I know this. I cannot. Let me tell you. If if gratitude is the key to happiness, then humility is the key to holiness. How do I live a holy life before the Lord? It's not a bunch of law. God not brought us to law. Don't do this, do this, don't do this, don't do Don't wear makeup. Man, go get some. <laughs> and that's just the guys. I mean, help us, Lord, you know. That's not holy. What's holiness? I'll tell you what holiness is. It's living a life before God with humility in my heart. With humility in my heart. And the life I now live And the life I now choose to live every day. Oh God, let me live my life today built on the foundation, built on the pillar of gratitude. And Lord, let me be built also on the pillar of humility. But there's four pillars that normally would hold up any life or any structure or any foundation. And so that brings me to what I really am convinced and believe And by the way, Imaginations Church, Penrith, this year, we are focused all year on these four pillars. Our entire year has been broken up into three months of each of these pillars. Carol, right now, is speaking this morning on the pillar of humility, right now. But there's a third pillar, and that is the pillar of generosity. Now, I I know I'm speaking to a church that is amazing. Six million Dollars given outside of yourself to others that will probably never be able to thank you in this world. The, 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 the 43 missionaries sent out from this church and all that you do in community. And, and of course, I know it flows out of the heart of your pastors. Generosity. You know, genero- can, I, can I just say this? If my only focus is gratitude and humility, then, you know, then it's, it's like happiness and holiness, happiness and holiness. You know what's wrong, though, with, if that's my only focus? Is that still pretty much all about me? It's in generosity where the focus comes off of me and the focus of my heart and my life is others. 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 There's, there's no joy in living a self-focused life. And I've learned a long time ago, nobody wants to live in the universe that I'm the center of. Or you're the center of. Amen? <laughs> Generosity, by the way, just, just as, as a thought, did you know that the word miserable comes from the root word miser? 
Just saying. An outward focused life, a generous life. This is where the focus of my heart and the focus of my life is others. This is the God focus. This is the great focus. I cannot think of a greater focused life than to live my life, to give, to serve, to help, to bless, to lift, to care for others, for others. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24, it says, you know, it says there are those that scatter and yet increase even more. And then there are those who withhold more than is necessary. And that tends to poverty. Think of that. There are those that, that scatter. I remember when Pastor John had me come the first time and speak. The church had just taken out in a huge mega loan. I mean, we, it was like, like, like debt with a capital D. I mean, and in the midst of that, the focus of this house, in the midst of the burden that any pastor would bear trying to pay the bills every week, the focus of this house began, and, and, and the decision was made, others, nations, missions. And that year, amazing monies was sent out. And yet, you've scattered, but I look at you today. Look at you today. Blessed. Debt, debt's paid, strong, uh, a legacy for you and the next generation that's coming up after you because, of the, because you've scattered, and yet you've increased. But there are those who withhold more than they should, and it tends to poverty. And then it says, and those who water others will be watered themselves. But you know the New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation version of this same scripture in Proverbs chapter 11. I don't know if we've got that up there. Is it, let's see. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others. This is the focus of generosity. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Generosity. If gratitude is a key or the key in my life to truly living a happy life, if humility is truly the key to living a holy life, if this brings happiness, if this brings holiness, let me tell you what generosity brings. It brings help. We can help. We can help. We can reach out. We can lift. We can bless others. And then I believe with all of my heart, we become blessed in that process. Generosity. I just want to live a generous life. I just want to be generous. You know, there's something. Could we put that New Living Translation back up for just a minute? Because there's a, the other part. Go to, is there another verse on the other side of that? Uh, I think there is. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Anyway, maybe if there is, there it is. There it is. Let's see. The generous soul. This is what I love. The generous soul. Generosity is not just an act where I can reach in my pocket and release some of my finance. It has, it goes so deep. Generosity goes so deep. It's it's a generous soul. The generous soul will be made rich. I want to live that kind of a life. I just want to live a life. God it's not, prosperity isn't something that just comes to me. It's something that comes through me. Others, others. The real measure of a man's 
wealth is not how much money he makes. It's what he does with the money he makes, who he helps with the money he makes. You know, Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasure on earth. Don't store, but, but as you sow it, as you give it, as you send it, as you release it, you're storing up for yourself treasure in heaven. All right. Can I just now give you what I believe is the fourth pillar? And that, I think about this every day. I think about this fourth pillar every day. Gratitude, thank you, Jesus. Humility, help me, Father. Generosity, let me live there. But there is a fourth pillar, and I want to sow it into your heart as I finish today, and that is living this life with courage. Courage. I think about every day about courage. As I get older, my natural default tendency the most intuitive thing for me is to try to become more secure. Is to try to become more safe. Is to try to, can I, and yet I'm closer to standing before God than I've ever been in my whole life. And so what is my goal in life? To arrive at death safely? What is, what are we looking at here? And if I'm not careful, courage is off the menu. And what's on the menu is security and, and safety and, you know, padding, keeping, and, and, and settle down, act your age. Well, if I'm going to act my age, I'm closer to standing before Jesus right now and giving an account for my life. And if I took one more step off this platform, I probably would, than I've ever been in my life. Courage. I do not, I will not die of boredom. Can you think of a worse death? To die, Janine, of boredom. Oh, no, shoot me now. Shoot me now. You know, I, can, can I tell you about courage? Now, I'm, I don't know a lot, of course. I'm learning. But here's what I know about courage. Anyone who will act courageous brings hope. If we were in a foxhole right now and we're pinned down and, and we're, we're in trouble and, and all of a sudden Pastor John jumps up and draws fire to himself and runs over there and gets the fire off of us. You know what that courage does? It's contagious. First off, that gives hope to the people who are pinned down. But it also gives not just hope, but courage inspires courage. And the next thing you know, we're not pinned down anymore. We're advancing again. We're pressing in. We're moving forward. If God ever wanted, needed, desired, or yearned for a courageous lady, a courageous wife, a courageous church. It's in the moments we are living in right now in these last days. Courage, risk. I, I, I want the life that I now live, I want it to be a courageous, courageous life. I think about courage every day. Lord, how could I be courageous today? What could I say today that is courageous? I'm not asking for safe. I'm not asking for safe, God. My times are in your hands, Lord. My times are in your hands. I just don't want to live my life dying in this safe, boring. Lord, let me seize every opportunity of my life and let me have the courage, Father, to say it. Let me have the courage, Father, to see it. Let me have the courage, Father, to give it. Let me have the courage, Father, to do it. It. Courage. General Douglas MacArthur, at the end of World War II, he said, there's no such thing on this planet as security. Only opportunity. 
When my daughter and I were in Nepal the other day, we just hiked to the base camp of Mount Everest. We had no idea that a 7.9 earthquake would hit as we were descending the mountain. Listen, there's no such thing on this planet. I mean, airplanes can fly into buildings. The earth can begin to fall apart under your feet. There's no, if you're trying to live a life with security as your focus, then you need to come alive again. You need to stand up again. You need to step up again. Because it's through courage that you will seize the opportunities that God has given us. So you know what? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Lord, may it be a life of gratitude. May it be a life of humility. May it be a life of generosity. May it be a life of courage. Lord, may it be a life that is happy and holy and helpful and hopeful. In Jesus' name, amen. Could I pray for you? Heavenly Father, thank you for our church family here at Life Source over on the North Shore. Thank you for John and Anne and the years and years of their faithful friendship and their faithful service. And thank you for the best days of this house. The best days of this house. Lord, not behind us. Maybe even, I won't, of course, in front of us. But Lord, we're talking about right now. The life we are living right now. In the flesh, right here, tuned in. And I pray, Father, that today when we go home from church, we will go home with this great thought in in our lives, God, of living this life. I'm going to ask with every head bowed. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 